0: I'm Nat, the guide, and you're listening to no initiative play Quest, The Soaring City. Welcome to Quest, The Soaring City, Season 2, saying hi to Valerith and the Starfall Spire Jailbirds once again. Uh, If you're just joining us, this is a wonderful time to jump onto our story. We're going to be dealing with new things. Lovely times. And I understand a birthday today? Or is it two birthdays? We'll find out. Dun, dun, dun.
1: Thanks, I hate it.
0: You're welcome. Let, let's let let's start by saying who we are, briefly, and uh, saying who we're going to be playing. We'll deal with physical descriptions of those characters later, give the a light overview. The role, they're kind of, um, what they're about a little bit. You know, the-, the the stuff and why don't we start with our illustrious uh Robert.
2: Why hello. Uh I am Robert. I will be playing uh Dr. Falvin Zanor. Uh the doctor of the group, uh aka hashtag #heals. Um and you know, big overview of him um you know, dying of horrible plague uh wants to cure world of all disease but especially horrible plague and i'm gonna i'm gonna give this over to Megan, who's right below me.
3: Oh, it's
4: me. Hello, I am Megan, and I play Lena, our spy slash resident garbage pile um who is just an absolute delight despite being or maybe because she is a complete disaster um yeah, hashtag two hit points. The doctor keeps her alive and has had to many, many times, but it's probably fine. Um, So I'll toss it over and I'm not even going to try to figure out which side she's on. So I'm going to toss it to Iza, who's beside me. So it's this way.
5: Good job. <laughs> hey, uh, I'm Iza. And I'll be playing Vanguard Faris Munir formerly of the solari she is the party's invoker (laughs) she's the party's invoker which means she does cool stuff with weapons and magic um what nat you want to say something
0: (laughs) oh oh i was just applying emphasis for you but while i'm here uh also could you could you could you mention like what is being the vanguard what's that about
5: so yeah, so Faris has been given the, the post of vanguard of Valer- of Valerath, which means she's in charge of keeping the city safe. For some reason, she's been entrusted with this job title, and we're going to find out how well she's doing it.
0: Was there a rigorous interviewing process?
5: No, literally just got offered the job by a lovely lady named Alika. Faris is rather fond of, but would never admit it. Ever. Ever, ever, ever. Um, But yeah, she can... <laughs> Sorry, (laughs) Megan in the chat again, once again. Um, So yeah, so Faris does cool things with both fighting and magic and can kind of come off as rather serious, but she means well. And um, yeah, I think that's about it. So I'm going to pass it over to Nunu next.
6: Cool, and I shall take it and I shall speak about who? None else than Zake, The party's Charmblay, then... For those of you that have read the book, quest book and might be thinking, what's a charm blade? I don't even know, something we made up that was supposed to start as the mixture of a fighter and a spy. But due to story reasons that uh, happened in season 1, he has acquired a magnificent artifact called the Wand of Lorelei that has steered him towards the path of wizardry. So now I guess Charmblade means charismatic, good at fighting, and casting spells, I guess? Um, but yeah, Zayk is an ex-vigilante, uh, not that long ago moved to the city of Valarith, uh, involved in the revolution, uh, pre-season one, this is backstory stuff. And uh, he was uh, partners with Lena, so Megan's character. Uh, they were a vigilante duo, but then that kind of fell apart a little bit and things were a bit shaken for a while but I think that at the end of season one things are looking quite brighter or so Lena thinks and uh, yeah, I think that's a good recap of who the persona uh, of Zeke is one of the many personas (laughs) but the original one so um, I'm gonna throw it up I think is it Sam? Hey!
1: Hi! Thank you! Uh, hey, I am Sam. I go by they, them pronouns, and I will be playing our naturalist Ro, who goes by they, any pronouns. And it's my birthday today! Yeah, I'm very excited. It's technically my thir- first birthday, I guess, because I haven't really had one before. So I'm excited to see what this is all about. Um. I guess I could pass it over to Nat.
3: Hi. I'm the guide. You know those those five
0: characters we just heard about? I'm everyone else. Mostly. Mostly? Mostly. Yeah. Uh, a little bit of background. The city of Velaer is a flying city that soars across the lands. And they've just recently escaped from an attempt by the Empire to seize the city for militaristic means. They were successful in evading. However, the city undergoed some damage they are laden with trade and damage from their fight and they had to limp to temporary refuge within imperial borders sam where is the city now safe for a short time
1: the city is currently in uh sombermore canyon which is a very large deep canyon um that is full of a very heavy dense fog and sort of cloud um so the city was able to sort of sink just below the cloud cover and is sort of hovering Uh, or perhaps we had to land i say i'm not sure how extensive those uh you know damages might have been but at least for the time being it seems a safe place
0: yeah love it somber more is it is it like is, is the fog explains is it like a naval fog or is it just like this canyon's always been mysteriously foggy? We don't really know why.
1: Yeah, there's, uh, you know, nobody's quite sure, um, what is caused by it. Um, you know, I don't know if players would necessarily be aware of, you know, any sort of legends or myths about the area.
0: Well, I think... I think there's, like, some really old legend that, like, it throws out of this cave hidden in the fog, and it's actually the breath of some sleeping giant, but that's obviously a myth, right?
1: Oh, I'm sure, yeah. I mean, kid kids' tales. It's like a cautionary tale, yeah. you know?
0: So, the city is floating, uh, and is hiding, uh, but can't- it, 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 it's somewhat damaged. Uh, there's a lot- a lot of the superficial damage was able to be fixed in flight, but some more dire problems persist, what can't be fixed until Valerith has a safe place to land for repairs?
5: Um, so, during the attack at the end of last season, um, Valerith was violently smashed into the ground, at which point a lot of the underside of the city was damaged. And on the underneath of the city, there are sort of like glyphs or runes that control the city's stability during flight, and those were damaged on one side of the city quite severely, so that means that the city. Currently can't fly above a certain altitude without becoming unstable and quite literally tilting to one side, which is not great for a flying city. So definitely need to stop and repair that.
0: Architecture's not really generally built for that drastic of a angle change. No. <laughs> so as our camera, so, so, so to speak, soars over this giant bed of fog, fog yawning between two uh, far-split canyon walls. There's this dull light, almost like the sun, in, you know, its general direction on an overcast day. And as we dive down into the fog, we discover that that source of light is the beacon that shines at the top of Valerith. One that was not lit until, uh, during the fight, when the Iron Eye was used to control its position in the other facilities of the city. Now, as we're diving into that fog, we learned, in these intervening two weeks since that escape, that there was some sort of unexpected, fantastical feature of our sorting city that the Iron Eye was able to enable that we didn't know about before. And Megan, what was that?
3: Yeah,
4: so, actually, so Valereth is made up of a series of very tall towers, um, because when you don't have much room to move out, you move up. And a collection of the tallest towers in Valerith, um, when a certain function on the Iron Eye is activated, kind of creates a shield. Ooh. That it, like, from tower to, from, like, the tops of the towers kind of, like, create a netting um, that can go down um, over over the city. But it can't be used when the city is flying. The city has to be stopped in order for it to maintain that kind of energy to to hold the shield up
0: it can dome
4: yeah you can dome it but yeah but it takes so much energy that the city can't fly and be domed at the same time
0: i love it that's that's uh that's what we call spicy as we dive down <laughs> into the streets of valerith people are going about their day-to-day things are different The city is hiding and things are dire, but people are not forgetting their lives. Markets are still open. People still move around, greet their neighbors, go about their day-to-day. And along that day-to-day, someone has gotten a bike. Our lovely friend, Zakhar, your mail carrier who shares this disease that the doctor uh, has is Riding along at high speed along his route through the city, tossing out papers of the new Valerith son. The headline, Heroes of Starfall Spire. So, it again. Oh, I gave it. got Iza another one. Um, This paper is written by the Valerith son, head writer, and Baron. What did she write about, y'all, that um you haven't quite read it yet, but you're gonna rather she didn't include. Baron, huh?
5: Sure. Okay. Um. So yeah. So Faris actually found the article frustrating for a few reasons. Two main ones. Firstly, the title itself. She wishes that the Valeris son hadn't published the party's names and address for the whole city to know, considering that they had some issues with security breaches in their own home recently. Um. But she also personally strongly disliked that the article referred to her as Faris of the Solari, and speculated as to whether her sudden appointment to Vanguard means that Elika has negotiated for Valereth to have the official support of Shamsara, which is the city that the Solari are from.
0: And, 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 and oh god, I wonder if we'll ever find out why Faris wouldn't be happy with that connection.
5: I don't think it'll ever come up.
0: Probably not. <laughs> However, there is a more somber note as these are getting flung about left and right. The city recently lost a lot of lives. 439 lives were lost in the city. is currently in mourning. It's only been a couple weeks. Many are still wound up because grief and loss are a process. But Nunu, how are those lives being mourned
6: out in the public? In the uh, second day after the fight, while the city was still soaring, uh, trying to find somewhere stable to, to stay for a while, um, a group of children that had lost their, their uncle um, grabbed a piece of cloth, a quite large piece of cloth, uh, purple in color, and just tied it to a, a broken tube at the bottom of, of the hangs, the lower part of the city of Valarith. And as the city was flying, the, the piece of cloth was just soaring in the wind, uh, leaving a colorful trail behind. And after that first thing, eventually more people started coming and adding different sizes of, of strips of cloth, of different colors, of different uh, with different writings, different textures, and different patterns. And eventually the officials of the city decided that um, everyone lost in the battle should have won and started um, by distributing these pieces of cloth and going from house to house, make sure who was lost and who wasn't, and allowing the fam- the families of the um, people that were lost to choose their color and their pattern and their texture, and to go down and remind them that way. Uh, so that way 439 strands of cloth were hanged from the ruins of the hangs um in memoriam of the lost people and one larger in the colours of the city which I think is it you decided on them already or am I mistaken?
5: Uh the colours of the city. Um yeah. it was the sort of like the colours of the revolutionaries, um which might now be the colours of the city, um which were yeah. um sort of like a deep purple and green emblazoned with gold.
6: Okay. So there's, there's a larger strand of cloth above all others, uh, thicker and with two colors, so the purple and green that flies uh, longer um, alongside all the others representing the lost. That represents the spirit that was also lost in the city because every time someone dies, a bit of the city dies with them.
1: That was fast feels.
3: That was fast feels
6: season two everyone <laughs> season two
0: our story begins in earnest as a car run rockets right by starfall spire on his bike uh thing, a paper onto the do- against the door of the Batinga's bakery which has a large sign that says grand reopening and the date is for tomorrow the door opens the paper is grabbed and as this lovely a kind of spiky haired dark-skinned f- friend makes his way up to the apartment where our intrepid little heroes, jailbirds, are. We're going to skip on up where it always begins. Up in the telescope room. Up at the very top. The observatory where you can just see out into the fog right now.
3: And Lena.
4: That tracks.
3: I mean, <laughs> it's really good to have some consistency.
4: So <laughs> So Lena up in the telescope where she generally hangs out um, usually at night because she barely sleeps. But right now it's late. Li- it's late. Oh, right, night, not at sure. night, but it's late. Yeah. Um, I would imagine she's been trying to like see any stars or anything through the fog, like knowing that the fog is very thick and probably won't but is just very intrigued by it. Um, but tonight she's finishing up a present for a certain feral child in a location that said certain feral child will likely not come poking around
0: and while lena is working on that um can you tell me what our little sad girl looks like
4: yeah our little sad girl um so she is little she's barely over five feet. She's like five one, five two. 5'2". Um, she has long, dark brown hair that's kind of wavy and moderately unkempt that's just kind of pulled away from her face. Um, very strong brows. And she's wearing right now, because it's, it's night, she's probably in some kind of, I imagine, like, um, the Inquisitor's pajamas in Dragon Age Inquisition when you're just, like, cruising around Skyhold and, like, you're they're still adventury, but they're comfy um and most notably, her right arm um from a few inches above the elbow down is mechanical, made out of ivory or an ivory like material that's engraved um with floral patterns um and all of the gears and everything are a gold color, so yeah, from like mid bicep down is this robot uh, mechanical arm and she's just kind of tinkering away on this little thing that she's making uh
0: while you're working two things happen at almost the same time one you hear the somewhat far off thump of the front door close it's very distinctive it's one of those doors that you can always tell it's that door and you catch out of the corner of your eye Never, you haven't been able to see a star the entire time you've been in the Sombermore Canyon, but you see one little twinkle, a light in the sky.
6: Nuna, As quickly as a star appears in the sky, it disappears the moment right after, as behind Lena materializes a person. First of all, just a basic shape, the outline of a human being. And slowly coalescing into the transparent form of Zeke that slowly gains corporeal form and settles behind Lena stands um stands a metre eighty tall um person dressed in leather armour with a metal plating with flames embossed on it on one shoulder and a half cape on the other. Uh, Holding an empty scabbard uh, to uh, sides, stays there for a while, looks at it, starts unclasping the the scabbard. Um, As the camera kind of pans up, uh, I see this individual is wearing a blue mask and as he pulls it down, you see a tan-skinned individual with a hair knot uh, tying his curly dark hair on top, except for two strands that fall over his face, um, which the tips of are completely... Uh, electric blue. And as the man takes the first step, he, in a low tone,
3: calls to Lena. My, my. If it isn't my little bird.
4: Oh, I should have known. If that was you, I haven't seen a star in weeks.
6: Well, that's only natural with all this fog. I guess I'm the only light that the sky sees.
4: Well, Sure think highly of yourself, but I won't disagree.
6: Aha If you don't disagree, then we know it to be true.
0: What are you doing? Well, smiling faces. Ooh, on what are we doing with the smiling faces the camera drops through the floor into the living room where Ro has been ousted told to leave for a little a, a little while uh so they could get set up uh and when there is Ferris and Falwin as well as Mr. Batinga just closing the front door coming in with a large stack of baked goods and boxes and the and the paper on the very top uh, as he comes in, he looks up and calls forward. I want to see this! Uh, and we camera over to first following.
2: Uh Yeah, so you see a, uh, a tall, uh, thin man, about six foot seven, just over two meters tall, uh, clad in a long black robe and always wearing a white bone plague doctor's mask, often with a... Large brimmed hat upon his head, and he looks over. And just says, oh,
3: what, what, what is it? Let
2: me see. And begins to step towards Mister. Batinga.
3: As
0: you reach for the paper, we look over at Ferris.
5: Yeah, so Ferris is a young woman in her early twenties. Uh, stands at about six foot one and has a muscular physique, and her. Warm brown skin is adorned in intricate golden tattoos in patterns that evoke the sun uh, from her forehead down to her feet, and her eyes are the same golden colour, and her wavy shoulder-length hair fades from a bright red to a golden tone as well. On her upper lip is a scar that's slightly faded. Um, I feel like, given that she's recently taken up these duties as the vanguard, she's maybe only recently gotten home and is so still wearing her armour. And she still wears uh, the armour of her former station as a solari, which is chainmail with golden plate armour interspersed on it and sort of pointed pauldrons also adorned in patterns similar to those of her tattoos. And the armour is kind of slightly scuffed and scratched and rusted but still looks brilliantly golden. Um, But on the long red scarf she wears around her neck she has the Vanguard badge still pinned onto it um, wearing that quite proudly. And she also Inquisitively walks over to Mr. Batinga, curious.
0: So you see, uh, the doc over the doctor's, well, from the doctor's side, the paper headline: "Heroes of Starfall Spire." There's a picture of your house with the just the doctor out front. He looks like he's just coming back home. <laughs> you can see the, the there's a wonderful silhouette in black and white of the uh, plague doctor's mask.
2: Love to imagine hunched over since for the weeks he's been going out to heal people and just tired.
3: Mm. This again. Uh, Why why do Zane say stuff Mm -hmm. writing like this? I understand it gives people hope to latch onto, but I just would rather have our privacy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And strangely enough, you know,
2: the asshole did a lot, too. He's not written in here.
0: Well, there's other benefits to him being gone. Let's look on the bright side. You're popular. Maybe
3: they'll help you out with your work, Ferris. Mr. Bertinga says. Yeah, that's true. And uh, we have you back as well. Yeah. Yeah. Which I'm very happy about. I'm glad to be back. Thanks for never... Thanks for never forgetting about me. Of course. Me. I mean, what would Roe do without you? <laughs> we'll probably have uh,
0: second-rate donuts, that's what I think. Speaking of which, and he pumps the boxes down on your coffee table, we have some preparations to get done.
3: Yes, we do. Yeah.
0: as we pan out of the room... Out through the fog, and out above the canyon again. We see one lone flying ship approaching the canyon.
3: Nuna, a diplomat approaches,
0: with an offer of a place for Valerith to enact proper repairs, safe from the Empire.
6: Where are they from? This diplomatic convoy is headed by, um, by a woman, and it appears that they... Wear traditional garbs from the city-state of Suravain.
0: Ooh. Do we know anything more about them?
6: Well, yes. In conversation between them, we can catch glimpses of it. And uh, a name. Emissary Theodora Eimrich-Dotter. Ooh. Emissary of the Grand Arbiter. I'm sure they won't be important. Nah, not at all.
0: And then we smash cut, to use the the, the cinematic lingo, into... A view of a sewer entrance. It is like, foggy, it's starting to get dark, it's kind of spooky, and you think you hear maybe a, a bird? Maybe a caw, maybe a hoo? Hoo of an owl? And crawling out from that sewer entrance is one ro- lone mouse. As they come up surface-side, they demorph from this little tiny creature. And Sam, why don't we tell you tell me what we see?
1: ro takes form um sort of transforming from the four-legged mouse figure into an upright uh to you know walking on two legs person A uh, very anamorph style in terms of just sort of everything sort of smoothly reshaping and transforming as they're moving um and you see a young child uh maybe somewhere between like somewhere 12-13 years old, uh, about 4-8 or, or so, with very suntanned and kind of weathered skin even though they're so young. And they have this curly brown-red hair um, that's forming almost like a sort of floof of Hobbit-esque curls. But right now they have the sides um, done back in sort of like two rows of almost like Viking style braids that have yellow ribbons woven into them. Um, And since the last time anybody has seen Ro, uh, they've done a little bit of shopping with some assistance from Lena. And they are currently uh, wearing a fitted bright yellow tunic that has suns embroidered all over it and it has a brown leather belt around their waist where they have two daggers and their slingshot um, sheathed safely (laughs) for a change. Their feet are no longer bare. They are wearing strappy, flat brown sandals and um, are wearing pants. They have sort of dark blue, uh, like, capri-length leggings. Um, They also have on their arm a long—on their left arm a (sighs) long— like, opera-length glove, it looks like, where the fingers have been cut off so that they can still use their hand easily. Um, and they're... They are no longer wearing the same wolf-headed pelts that they had. They have a proper cloak on now, but it is trimmed with a very familiar-looking gray fur, and as they run and they pull the hood up, it still has the little ears on top, and there's a necklace of, like, wolf teeth around their, uh, neck, as well as a costume mask of, like, a bright blue large-beaked bird that's just sort of bouncing as they run, um, and they're hustling it back to, uh, to home.
0: As you're hustling back, you hear the ring of a bicycle ringer, a little ching-ching! Ah! Uh, and your gaze is called to the side where you can- view into the very spooky foggy cemetery on uh, this part of the town oh coming out from across it is a familiar figure is on his bike is he whips right by
3: and goes they're ready for you back home oh okay thank you uh all right i guess i should hurry then I'll
1: start hustling back. I think about making myself run faster, but I'm like, ah, let the car get there first. So he feels good about himself. Yeah,
0: you could turn to a wolf. You can just get really, really fast, but nah, let him let him go. <laughs> yeah,
1: you know, I'll, I'll let the humans feel like they have a chance.
0: Adorable. <laughs> All right, so throwing it to everyone but Sam now. What does the the main room of your little apartment look like, prepared for Rose'
2: party? Well, at the very least, the doctor has. Uh... Lit some incense of herbs to make sure that it smells very nice and appetizing. Something, something would, that would make you want to, you know, eat donuts.
4: That's just existing. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Valid.
5: Faris will have sort of strung up some decorations that these sort of like... I'm gonna call them magical fairy lights basically they're like yeah little strings of fairy lights are lit up with magic and they glow this like like soft warm colors but in sort of like different shades of like reds and yellows and purples and stuff so it's like a very warm feeling in the room but still like lit up and nice
4: so lena probably procured some streamers like fabric streamers and initially was thwarted because she's very small and can't hang them up as high as she wanted, but then just, like, was just tied a rope to the ceiling. It was just kind of crawling around, so I think there's like a central like, paper lantern or something that Ferris put some of these lights into that's hanging like in the middle of the room, and then there are these streamers that kind of um, bow out from the center of the room to the corners, so it just kind of looks like Yeah, just like, so the whole ceiling is kind of covered in these like bright colored fabrics and lights and it just looks really, just like really warm and pretty. Like what Ro deserves.
0: Your infiltration skills have never been more central.
4: This is, this (laughs) is the highlight, like this is what I've trained for. (laughs) Every moment in my life has led to this. Same.
6: (laughs) Zeke lets everyone else do their decorations and then once it was finished, he just looked at it and goes... And just rearranges everything into proper color patterns and right positions and whatnot, right angles, and then they're done. (laughs) Lena's
4: probably just like, why don't you just go back in the necklace if you're going to shit on what we've done? (laughs) Wow.
6: (laughs) Look, you want this to be okay for the birthday or not? (laughs) Is it a special date?
4: It looked fine.
6: Yeah, exactly. That's my problem. It can't just look fine. It needs to be perfect.
5: You hear Faris genuinely laugh. From the kitchen where she is preparing some, like, traditional Shamsaran food for the party. Like baklava's and stuff. I
4: would say, please tell me
5: there's kebabs. Oh yeah, there's totally kebabs. <laughs> <laughs>
0: and we cannot forget, uh, sitting on the living room table, Ro is very insistent on this. There is this little daisy in a planter, which is the plant that Ro talks to, named Poppy. At the, around this time, the door opens and Alika comes back with Tiny uh, in tow. And we're gonna kind of give them a little, giving her a little scruffy scruff. And goes, "We have their surprises ready."
5: Oh, fantastic! Did you have a good time with the puppy?
0: Always. She gi- gives gives her a bunch more scratches. kneels down, and uh, Tiny does the whole like, bloop, "Love me." <laughs> Last little preparations, a little sound of business, more bickering between Lena and Zeke, as usual. It just brings the place alive. And, Ro, you're in the hallway. You can hear a little bit of commotion inside. How do you feel?
3: Um, uh,
1: I'm pretty excited, because I don't, you know, really know, I guess, too much what to expect. Um, you know, I only found out birthdays were like a thing because everybody else started talking about them. Um, when we passed a party outside the other week, and I'm just, I don't know. They said that, uh, it's when your pack gets together, and everybody's really nice to you, and you eat tasty things, and I'm excited about all of those things.
0: The doorknob's right in front of you. (sighs) You kind of hear, you, you hear like a shush from somebody, and you hear all the commotion, quiet.
1: Uh... I wait for a second, and I just keep listening for a minute, and I'll sort of slowly open the door and, and peek around to see what's what it lo- what, what it looks like. <gasps> And my big green eyes get even bigger somehow, and I'll push the door open the rest of the way, and I just stand there with my one gloved hand and my non-gloved hand on my face. And I go, I look
3: so cool! I'm gonna come running in! Happy birthday, Ro!
0: So you're greeted with as much energy and love as we would have come to expect. And we jump forward a little bit. Because, you know, at first it's just a little hubbub, having a good time, being in a good mood. Maybe someone plays some music, maybe someone doesn't. But then you get to two very important aspects. The food and the presents. And Ro, as it is your birthday, you get to decide which one comes first.
1: Oh, um, um... Well, I don't know too much about presents, really. I've only gotten one before I was, um, I don't have it anymore. So I think I'd like to see what that's all about first.
0: All right. So there is a small pile of gifts, I imagine. Some, uh, probably fewer than the actual gifts to be given because I bet some of them are a little more, aren't, aren't the kind of wrapping on the table kind. Uh, Everett's there, Batinga's there, Leek is there, your little plant friend Poppy, and of course Tiny is curled up. Right by you.
1: Uh, I love it. I'll just sort of look look around at everybody and be like, I don't know where to start. What do I do? You
5: just pick one and open it.
1: Uh, okay. Um, uh, I'll run over and I'll just pick one. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm like, I don't know how to. I don't know how to describe what I'm seeing. So. Uh I'll
5: Should we roll initiative to see who gets to <laughs> I was
1: saying, I I feel,
4: I, was saying, I feel Lena Lena is an excitable sword. I feel like she probably like kind of scoots the box that has her present in it like closer.
5: Just like trying to be subtle and just being like Yeah. <laughs> choose
6: choose one. Anyone.
5: Just pick one.
0: That's also really funny because I rolled and it landed <laughs> on you anyway.
4: Lena and Megan both love presents.
1: So amazing. <laughs> uh, okay. Alright. Uh, So we'll just sort of take it and uh, I'm like, do I just, do I tear? Or? Just Yeah, just don't. Just don't. <laughs>
4: and I just started opening, tearing it open. Alright, in.
0: I was gonna say, Megan, what do we see inside?
4: Let's see, inside. Yeah. So it was like a smallish box and inside the box is a little Metal wolf, probably three four inches tall. Um, on a chain, it's like a little silver wolf. Um, they have little blue gems for eyes, and just like kind of like brushed metal, like on its tummy, so like it looks like it's very fluffy. Um, and Luna's like, all right, so, um, this wolf I made for you. And if you want to um, and it also it's got like a little collar with like this teeny tiny little bell on it. And it's like so when you ring the bell on its collar and she kind of like reaches forward and like jingles the bell and a wolf <sighs> appears that's like a little bit that's like bigger than tiny because it's like a adult sized wolf um. that's like white and gray, um, appears and it's looks pretty real, but you can tell, like, that it's kind of, like, shimmery. Um, and it starts just, like, running around the room, like, doing all sorts of crazy stuff, um, and then she'll reach forward and just, like, still the little bell. It's like, um.
0: Right before you freeze it, it was just leaping for that those streamers you strung about about.
4: Mm-hmm. It's like ding. Um, so so if you ring the bell, it makes the wolf come out. So if you ever are in like a pinch and you need like a distraction or something, it'll just start kind of making things a little just making a little bit of a of a noose of a mess. So, um, yeah. And I have a little thingy a little thing and I'll put it in with this so you can see the item, the item card, um, so yeah, it's a little but, and it's, like, attached to a chain so, like, you, so, like, you can wear it around your neck, um, but it's kind of big, so you could, like, tuck it in your bag and stuff, but
1: yeah. I love it, Lita! Thank you! The rope still puts it on, even if it's too big to you know, really function as a good pendant for them, so I just imagine it's this oversized metal thing <laughs> hanging from their uh, neck now. Um, but I'll, <laughs> they'll hop up from their chair and run over and, like, hug you right around your leg. Um, Ro has really only recently learned about hugs from last season, and they are now giving them a lot.
4: Yeah, Lena will kind of just, like, wrap with her mechanical arm, just, like, real close, like, real tight. Like, happy birthday.
3: Thank you, Lena! Oh, gosh! Okay, so that's presents! Uh-
4: <laughs> <laughs> That's presents
5: You get more of them Oh, these are all for me? Okay Well, yeah, we all got you one
0: Yeah, yeah, and Everett and, You know, the little mousy-haired, gap-toothed little boy It's about, it's about rose age He's like, drums on a slightly bigger one And it makes a rattle as if there's, like, marbles, maybe, inside a wooden box
1: Cool I'm gonna see what this is I'll go over it all and wrap Everett's gift
0: and it, there is indeed a uh, a pretty plain wooden box on the inside, which you gotta cl- unlatch at the front. Uh, and when you f- open it up properly, there is, everyone looking uh, can see sharp caltrops poking out, and uh, a very thick uh, bundle of rope, and a bu- uh, some mouse traps, a couple. Uh, like pulley uh, wheels in what is effectively a trap-making kit, uh, and looks to be a semi-dangerous one at that.
3: <laughs> oh, neat! This is gonna be super helpful. You like it? Yeah! yeah, we can keep everything nice and safe now. Mm-hmm.
1: Thank you, Everett. And I'll get up and I give him a big hug too.
0: Never kinda like a doop, 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 doop hug. Oop, doop, 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 doop. Slightly awkward, slightly gangle.
1: He gets like jabbed with the wolf pendant. <laughs> That's too big. Naturally. <laughs> it probably makes all of my hugs very uncomfortable now. Okay. What well, should I uh, go for next? Uh this one. I'll pick I guess uh I don't know, the smallest thing <laughs> that's still there. <laughs> Sam's just trying to think of ways um, to pick a thing.
6: Zake's is a little pouch maybe this size, so I don't know if yeah, that's, that's the smallest one or not. Okay. That's probably it then. Okay. <laughs> that's probably it. I'll so pick it's that a one up. you pull. open a small leathery velvet pouch and inside you put your hand in, take it out, and there's a cylindrical object. Hollow inside at the tip of it is a carving of a wolf's mouth, also open. Uh, And on the face of it there's two holes and on the top there's also an opening that connects to the wolf's mouth. And uh, as you touch it, it feels like it's made of bone, almost, but it's shimmering, almost with a metallic feel to it. And where you think there would be cracks in the bone, it's filled with a deep purple color. It seems to be uh, encrusted there somehow and as you start opening and looking at it uh, Zeg kind of turns to you well uh, you certainly got an eye for it it picked one of the best if I must say um you know what that is?
1: it's really pretty but I don't know what it is it's a wolf, on um, it and I like it
6: why don't you try blowing on it <gasps> <sighs> As uh, Ro does that, no sound comes out of it whatsoever, but Tiny's ears just go, whoop, <gasps> and just looks around. Oof.
3: What happened? Do it again. <gasps> Hi, oh. Tiny! Are you okay? And Tiny. Wait, can Tiny can hear it?
6: Yeah, we can't, but that's just for Tiny's ears. And other dogs and wolves, they'll also hear it. It's a whistle.
3: Ah uh, you so cool?
0: Tiny jumps in Zake's lap. <laughs> like, full wolf in lap, thinks it's a lap dog. Just, <laughs> <and it'll
6: laughs> Okay. All right, Tiny. All right. Um. So you might have to train Tiny to understand that it's coming from you, but as you can see, there's two holes on the face of it, so you can try and train her as well. Do different sounds. Maybe each sound will mean something different. It's up to you. Use your imagination.
1: Oh, uh, that'll be so neat. De- that'll be good for her. she's too far away to hear me. Exactly. All right, Tiny. We're gonna practice some stuff later. And it's
6: also made. Thank you. It's made. Yeah. Of something I brought from the other place, Ro.
3: <gasps>
6: Releases
3: really, us
1: uh, from far away. Oh, leave that
6: to your imagination for now. Perhaps in the future I'll tell you the story behind it.
1: Did you catch it? Whatever it came from? Is that where it came from?
6: Maybe. I don't know.
1: Oh, neat. I blow on it, but like softly, so I'm not blowing out Tiny's ears. Um, but I'm like boop 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 boop
3: boop, boop, boop like <laughs> over and over with a whistle for a little bit. Mm. <laughs> uh, I don't know if those were packages, but I'll pick another one. Uh, but
0: uh, when you get Batinka goes well. I I mine will be deteriorating over time, so I think maybe that should this should be next. And because of a uh, what is a cylindrical. Like jar shape wrapped in uh you know paper wrapping, uh I hope it's tasty
3: <gasps> uh, tasty
1: I open up the paper and what is it?
0: it it is uh homemade ice cream, and as you're opening it, Batinga says it it's cold, but it's sweet it's, I've never tried it before, I hope it's good
1: ice cream i don't it's i i twist it open and I just sort of like look in it and I smell it and i
0: As you're you're about to poke it, he holds out a spoon, (gasps) mercifully.
1: (laughs) I'm like, okay. I take it, and I scoop up, like, a big thing of it, and I eat it.
0: (laughs) I think by now, Batinka would know what flavors Ro like, besides donuts.
1: Oh, surely. Yeah. Uh, Ro definitely has become very fond of chocolatey things. Um, I think chocolate and, like, fruits that aren't from their area of, like, you know, climate. Are very exciting to them.
0: I think it's like double chocolate, you know, chocolate chunks and in chocolate in flavor with some, a swirl of raspberry in it.
1: <gasps> oh, this is so good! Ah, my head hurts.
0: Oh, oh, that's a, that's a, that's a brain freeze. Just um, it'll go away. Uh, okay. It, it looks at Ferris. Can, can you like? Can you solve that? You're like, the sun.
5: I mean. I wouldn't want to, um, scold them.
3: Ah, it hurts (laughs)
5: again! (laughs) (laughs) They'll be fine! They'll be fine, it's Ro.
1: Like, they'll be fine. It's so good, Mr. Montego, thank
0: you! And don't ruin your appetite, there's cake later.
1: I give him a hug and he gets a really cold lick up his arm.
3: (laughs) Thank you so much! These are all best presents... Let's. What is this one?
1: And I'll pick another one, if there's anything still wrapped.
0: There is, I believe, a, a doctor, a ferris, and one other. Okay. I believe the doctors would be the biggest, if you're going by kid logic of grab big. <laughs> uh,
1: sure, I just. I did a small one before, so I'll grab a big one this time. I'll go over and be like, what's, what is
3: this one?
2: Oh, uh, that one is from me. Go ahead. Open it.
3: Uh, true, 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 true.
2: So as you open it inside, you see it's something that probably looks a little odd at first. It, it's it's three pieces of wood that come up into like a triangle shape and then seem to have like racks across it. And it, it's not huge. It's like desk sized, but it's, it's big enough. And the doctor looks at you and goes, that right there is an herb. Drying kit, you can actually use it to dry herbs that you have found, and it works very well with this and He reaches into his um robe and pulls out a book uh and hands it over to you and uh what you see is basically a nice brown leather bound uh book that has basically this stitching into it that looks like a leaf, and across it it says uh herbs for youngsters. In, in golden, uh, in golden text. Oh my god. And he goes, I uh, you've been learning, and I, uh, you seem to have some kind of an interest in the books that I've had, so I thought maybe you would like, uh, something that would help you find and understand herbs. And, I, I got something a little extra special from a, uh, new friend of mine. And he reaches into his robes one more time and pulls out just this little pouch. He goes, this is an herb pouch where you can put the herbs you find in it to bring it home for later when you want to try it. And and he just kind of like puts the pouch up against the book and the book gets sucked <gasps> into the pouch. You can store your book inside of it.
3: Uh, so yeah, I can make things
1: little and learn to help people feel better too. I love it. And we're sort of snaps their costume bird mask on and goes to give the doctor a hug. <laughs> the
2: doctor just pats Roe on the head. Is very good. Yes, you can use that to help people.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna make the best things.
0: Uh, Alika pats her lap a couple times. Just, well, I think I might have something to help with that, because if that's a little difficult to read, I know you're still learning, uh, these might help. And she Old Leech picks up a present that's wrapped. It's like a box of sheet protectors in shape, you know? But it's wrapped in probably not sheet
3: protectors.
1: (laughs) I'll go over it. I'll open that up. What is this?
0: Uh, And as you open it up and open up the uh, plain brown box, uh, cardboard box on the inside, you open up to find a small stack of graphic novels from the Empire. Uh, They... Uh one of the the one on top uh depicts a shape-shifting uh protagonist who is the ability to turn into animals, uh to fight, you know, ne'er duels and all that. Uh and as you flip through there's like three or four different ones. Uh each a different story with a different, you know, protagonist hero. Uh,
3: this is
1: so neat! Look at that and I was just like not able to read it really yet, but I'm pointing at pictures as I'm flipping through it. <laughs>
0: Stories like these helped me learn to read when I was little. So I thought maybe it might help you.
1: Uh, this is so neat, Alika. Thank you. And I'll go jump up and give her a hug.
0: It gives you a good pat on the back. I'm
1: gonna learn to read them all.
0: And with the pat-pat, there's a thump from outside. And just a nice, courteous
3: knock-knock. Uh, but just tune.
4: Um, I'll go get the door. Because <laughs> I'm like, go oh, keep keep going i'll figure out who that is do we have a do we have a peephole by any chance
0: no absolutely not <laughs>
4: <laughs> you'd think we would have gotten one installed
5: as well as um. like many locks and security measures <laughs> yeah,
0: you think but nope.
4: just so just so much here yeah so i'm just gonna like crack the door and just kind of like
0: pop out Um, On the ground is a medium-sized, very uh, astutely wrapped, like very formally wrapped with nice clean corners, a patterned package with a gilded um, gold and blue bow.
4: Is there a card?
3: There is a very plain card on the top. It only reads, Happy Birthday. Hmm. I'm going to leave the package, I'm going to take the card from the package. Uh, the,
0: the words are printed, not, not, not I'm just saying, like, the words on the card are printed, not handwritten. Okay. Um, just so you know. Can I, like I'm on just, press.
4: I'm gonna open the card and see if it says who it's from. Yeah,
0: it just says happy birthday. No, it's like a, it's very plain, doesn't even
4: oh. open card. Oh, just it's just birthday. a note card.
3: There's no name.
4: Alright, I'm gonna
3: open the, I'm gonna scoot it inside. Like, uh, it's kind of heavy. Um, somebody...
4: Left a present on the doorstep, but it's not signed from anyone, so I don't quite trust digging into it. Not to be a paranoid sort, but the entire city knows where we live now. No, no, I'm so. with
5: you on that
6: one. Yeah. Do you mind if we open that one, room? Is
4: that alright?
1: Uh, no, that, that's okay. I don't know who would send me something. Oh, my pa- here. Well let's let's take a look and
4: I'm just gonna like extend the blade from my arm and cut the ribbon.
0: Sure. And as you open it up, you find that the inside the facade of the box. Box shape, very form box shape. there It's got like cardboard to reinforce mm-hmm. it, and it's actually a treasure a treasure chest in shape. You know, like the kind that you might put on like a wardrobe and put a bunch of jewelry inside. Yeah. Uh and that has its own latch, which is currently latched, but not locked. Do you open that? Alright, and as you open it up, on a beautiful royal blue pillow is a small, well, actually I guess for a crystal orb, it's quite sizely. Um, and as you can see, this little pinnacle of light on the in the center. Uh, and you recognize this after the suspicion uh, fades for a moment as a light trap. This is a little magic glass orb that's used to effectively store pictures, and then uh, you can later have the pictures project like a photograph, except you can- it's in like three-dimensional light, so you could like walk through
3: the photograph for memories.
4: Alright, Um. so I'll close the chest back and walk over to her and be like, it seems to be alright, there's no, no- nobody signed. The card it just says happy birthday, but I assume it's for you, and I'll slide it
1: across. It's a pretty box. Um, uh, I'll open it and I'll peek inside. I don't imagine Ro would have any idea what that is, so I'll sort of pick it up and be like, "What do I do
0: yeah, with it?" As you pick it up, uh you're able to look inside, and you see a tiny little captured image of Valerith.
1: Oh, there's a thingy in here. How do I? What do I do? And I, like, sort of shake it and, like, try to figure yeah. it out. <laughs> and as
0: you do that, you shake it and figure on you.
1: The files are in the computer? <laughs>
0: <laughs> and as you shake it, there's something you do and there's a little light that pff, go, rings around the outside and projects into the air. An image of Valerith uh, in the morning light. Uh, it's because Valerith is quite big, it, it the image that you could, like, enter is, you know, contained in size. You can see little people around, uh, the whole, and you realize after a moment that this is, um, this is from the, from the day of Takeback, the original one, that's commemorative in a certain way, to remember when the Baron was overthrown, and the new organization of the city. This is neat! You can, like, reach in and poke the little images and stuff, your hand will just fade through them, but it's kind of fun. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone else who chooses that they recognize the item uh, would know that if you take another picture with the item the previous picture
3: is erased so it's your call okay this is really neat but i don't know who would send it to me
4: so it's like a broad picture like is is this a situation you can like enhance and like zoom in on parts of it or is it just like a static, yeah, or is it just like a static image that is of one size
0: uh the it is a static image, but it does have intense uh resolution, so to speak it's, right. it has magical levels like, of revolu- it, resolution
4: so like we can recognize that it's from the day of take back, and like we can i look at it and see if there's anything like not
3: like special,
4: I guess, for lack of a better word, like is there anything that jumps out to me as like, why this would get sent to Roe, and by accounts all of us, assuming.
0: Uh, nothing obvious.
1: I don't like this. And the day of take-back, that was- that wasn't the same as the day that we got out, right? That was, was nearly
0: a year before, but it was, the day of take-back was a very bloody day, where a lot of, um, corrupt people right. were- Usurped? Dealt with. Violently. Uh, usurped. <laughs> uh, French Revolution.
5: In, in the, like, projection, are the people detailed enough to tell who they are if you knew them, or are they so small that you can't really make out, like, features or anything?
0: If you knew someone's, like, style really well, you might be able to pick someone out. Faces are really small, though.
1: <laughs> I don't know
3: who would send this, but it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah, why would somebody not um. put. Who it's from? I
4: don't. It seems very odd to me. Maybe it's from an adoring fan. Really, really?
6: Yeah. Let's let's not let's not think about it too much. Probably some adoring fan that read the newspaper. So let's just keep on unwrapping presents. And uh, Everett pops up. We could make a memory with it.
0: We could like go pose all together and take a picture.
4: That's a great idea for maybe uh, later. Can I later when Rome moves yeah. on to? their next present can i just like take a look at the chest sure and kind of like see if there's any hidden bottom (laughs) or like (laughs) anything that's gonna like turn into crazy poison knockout gas like
0: (laughs) (laughs) so there's no like hidden compartments or anything in the in the chest however you do recognize that the style is because like, uh you have spent a lot of time with like jewelry containers in the Empire, and this is definitely of their style.
4: All right, that's, you said blue, and that was immediately like, oh this sounds like Empire nonsense. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you poison a PCU with with the gas just twice <laughs> and everyone gets all worried.
6: Just twice, yeah. Once twice. Well, well yeah. was it twice? It was once for it me and twice.
1: then once for Ferris. Well was one because once you ran really back? <laughs> oh, okay.
4: Yeah. Nina learns eventually about Amazing. some things.
3: <laughs> uh
0: there was one gift left on the table.
5: There is one gift left on the table. Um yeah, Faris would take the last gift which isn't wrapped but is in sort of a a really finely crafted box made of dark wood with like swirling patterns of leaves and vines sort of uh, engraved into it, and then the engravings are inlaid with gold, and hands it to Roe. This is my one. Um,
3: ah, I hope you like it. This is so pretty. This is... Okay, I'll
0: open it. As you video. open
3: it, poison gas begins spilling up the thing. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> I knew it! It was very the whole time. <laughs> oh mutiny Demonism. mutiny against the dm continue <laughs> so inside the box is not poison gas um but in this sort of like fine sort of like velvety in interior to the box there sits uh, a flute which is the exact same shape as rose friend flute that they lost in the pyramid uh but this flute is made from polished dark wood the same wood as the box um and it is also beautifully engraved with images of, like, a wolf pack leaping and running up the length of the flute, surrounded by the same swirling vines and leaves as are on the box, and the engravings are again uh, inlaid with shimmering gold.
1: Row actually sort of pauses for a moment seeing this, um, because they've been very sad since they lost their, their original friend flute. Um, and they just sort of stare with, like, their mouth open for a moment, and maybe Ferris thinks for a second they're sad, but then their face just breaks into this huge smile. Um, and they've still got the flute in one hand, and they, like, jump up to, like, hug Ferris as close to around the neck as they can reach.
5: (laughs) Oh, she, like, wraps her arms really tight around her and holds them
3: close. It's just
5: like, I know it's not the same, but I hope...
3: I hope I, hope you I like love it. it so much Ferris. Thank you.
1: And even though Rose trying to like stop licking people so much as they realize people don't like it so
3: much for some reason, um they still give Ferris a big lick on her cheek before they let go. Ferris never oh. complains. With her. <laughs> She's just like whatever makes the kid happy. <laughs>
1: uh-huh. I think, um, because that was the last gift, right? I
3: think so.
0: It is the last gift. How, However, Poppy, the little, little daisy on the table, <laughs> wiggles slightly.
1: Oh, uh, excuse me, I say it to the room of non-plant speakers, <laughs> and I'll go over and switch, uh, I'll, I'll cast Commune with Plants. Um, and I just sort of, like, put my, my hands on my hands and put my elbows on the table in front of Poppy. I'm like, hey, Poppy, are you having fun?
0: I'm having very much fun, Ro. Forsooth, I have a story for you, for I can have no physical means to offer you a gift but my brain and my wit.
1: I love story time!
0: It is a poem of sorts. It's about you. It is un- yet unfinished. Tell me, are you ready to hear it?
1: Yes, I am. And I'll sort of settle down to listen.
0: <clears throat> and, and for the record, um, for everyone else, uh, this is just Ro staring at a <laughs> daisy. <laughs> just so you know.
1: I'm talking out loud. Oh, that's fair, that's <laughs> fair. No, nobody hears the other side of the conversation.
0: <laughs> Ringing in circles of cycles of ages, your story is churning from these humble pages. To answer our hopes, our softest of sighs, you romping and wailing strode into our lives. But joyous occasion was marred, fraught with fright, For shadows stretched long on that deep-dark fortnight. By cycles nest cycles, from whence unto to hither, Your joys return, accompanied by thunderous shiver. As fires of battle forged fell stories of myth, By beacon, by talon, sword-free Valerith. You renewer of darkness, a void wrought from night, Brighter than sun, your soul shines ever-light, Ringing in circles of cycles of ages, Your stories churning from these humble pages
1: just starts applauding in front of Poppy. (laughs) Nobody else knows why. (laughs) Poppy, that was so beautiful! I'm glad you liked it. I didn't know words could sound like that. I loved it. It was beautiful. I'm gonna, when I learn how to write things better, I'm gonna write that down, and I'll write down all the poems you've told me. And then everybody can enjoy them, too.
0: That would enjoy, that would... Humble me greatly for you to record my little musings.
1: Oh, they're so pretty. I like them a lot, Poppy. And I just sort of, like, gently stroke like a (laughs) petal. Be
3: careful, I am ticklish.
1: (laughs) Sorry, I forgot. So I'll sort of readjust Poppy so she has a better view. Um, of everybody else, and I think I'll turn around and sort of stand up on my chair, and just sort of be like, um, <clears throat> thank you everybody for coming to my first three-tenth birthday, um, I really like getting to spend all of this time with all of you, um, and I wanted to tell you something, because I've noticed that, uh, everybody else here has, Uh, at least two names, and I asked the doctor about it, and they said that the second name means your pack, Uh, usually the one you grew up in, but I've been thinking, because I don't know my first people pack yet, but if your second name is supposed to say who your pack is, like who they really are, then my name is Rose Starfall,
3: and I wanted
1: you all to know that.
6: Here, here to Rose, Starfall, and all their future endeavors. Raise the glass. <laughs> Yay! Poppy shivers slightly.
1: Now I can be a better, um, you know, person with everybody, and
3: everyone will know where my pack is. That's really sweet, ro, Yeah. And the best wolf. You're the best pack. Oh, thank you, doctor.
6: May you continue to outshine us all throughout the years.
1: I don't know about that. No, I just sort of hopped down from the chair. <laughs> now, what is it? Is it foods well, now?
0: Nalika speaks at this point. We do have one last little surprise for you, but sh- it's a—it's gonna take some travel, so we should
3: probably finish eating first. Travel? Where are we going? T- Tiny found it. Ooh. I sort of look at Tiny like, what have you been up to? Oh. Uh, okay, I like food too. I'll go back and like plop down like, food.
5: The-. <laughs> there are like plates covered in like kofta and these like big bowls of rice with pomegranate mixed in them and turmeric. Um, and just, yeah, sort of, like, all sorts of food that... I mean, Faris has been preparing a lot of food. I don't know, other people might have prepared food as well. Um, but she's also prepared, like, baklavas for dessert, because she remembered that people liked them during the festival they all went to.
1: Aww. Rose, very excited and will, like, try some of everything.
2: Delightful. The, the doctor's gonna uh, uh, point to something and just be like, Ah, in my home... They don't make very good things at all. It's really just mush that does But my master, she was, uh... She liked to dry meats, kind of like the herbs. And the doctor's gonna, um, point to a, a, a plate of these just dried meats. Um, it's known as jerky. And you can you can keep it for a long time because it doesn't it go bad. This one is spicy over here. This one is sweet, and this one is just normal, kind of salty. Uh, I, I think
1: you would like them. I am so excited. Um, I'm gonna try everything. I do totally, like, try and take, take like, samples of everything. I was very excited to be able to eat a variety of foods that's, you know, not just scrounging for things in a forest like they're used to. <laughs> this is so good, everybody. Thank you.
5: Well, we wanted to celebrate you, so of course it's going to be wonderful.
1: Oh, I want to have so many birthdays.
2: <laughs> ah, you get one every year.
1: Well, you get to have
5: one every year. <sighs> yes. Forever. But everyone here has one as well, so... Yes, obviously. and we'll...
4: And Ferris will cook
5: for all of our birthdays. I mean, if you like it enough.
1: <laughs> I'll learn and then... Yeah I think it's wonderful. I'll learn a little bit and then when it's your birthday ferris you can you don't have to
3: cook for that one.
5: Well I'd be happy to teach you how to cook any of this. It's not
3: that difficult. It's just food from home. from before. <laughs> I like it a lot. Alright, we're going to take
0: this wonderful flowing bright feeling and straight forward You have a wonderful meal. Uh spirits are high. At least that's the vibe I'm getting.
3: Yeah, Rose is very happy.
0: Everyone's happy after eating. After everyone who de- who is desirous uh, imbibes just way too much of Batinka's baking and Ferris's cooking, um, the time has come. And Ro, you're starting to oh, what's that little wriggling thought back of like? Did Alika mention some sort of surprise?
1: Oh yeah. Um. So I think as we're sort of winding down from Rose's like third slice of cake. We'll um, be like, did we? Where was there? We were gonna go on a field trip, right? Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, Tiny here knows the way. So why don't you and her go go there, and we'll we'll catch up.
3: Uh, okay, that'll be fun.
1: Come on, Tiny, let's go. I'll sort of open the door. Um, be like, are you sure
3: you know where it is though? Without her?
0: Of course. And Tiny bolts as soon as the door's open, with a little like head oh. turned around back. Oh.
1: Okay, right up. Alright, uh, we'll see you soon. Thank you again for everything. And then I push into a red-colored wolf and zip after a Tiny.
3: Oh. One
0: <laughs> wonder. Alright. uh <laughs> leads the rest of the crew out, except Everett, who's tuckered out and tired
4: yeah gotta go grab my coat cause I'm in my pajamas. Still in <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna throw my cloak on over my pajamas. It's fine,
2: but lapis slowly climbs up uh zake until the <laughs> skeletal just... <laughs> cat has just climbed up zake. yeah slowly and then just lays down on zake's head What? why uh Mr.
0: Batinger goes well, this has been an absolutely wonderful time but i have to actually start preparing for opening tomorrow yeah baking oh, starts luck. already uh so
4: thank you so much yeah for thank everything so much. Thank, you. Uh, thank you
0: please uh i tried to catch Ro before uh, they darted but uh just
3: tell them happy yes.
0: birthday from me
4: can i try to slip him give him some money absolutely I'm he brought a lot of stuff over oh yeah yeah i'm just going to like yeah i'm just going to Try to pay him what i think he deserves which is probably more than he would charge but <laughs> why
3: don't you roll fine. the die
4: okay <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, 19 that is a triumph on making him take my money
0: so he doesn't even notice it just it, it, he'll just find it in his pocket halfway through baking his mm-hmm. next batch of
2: scones yeah Goes to the bank. They're like, "Sir, you have one point six million dollars in your account." Clean <laughs> <Selena?
3: laughs>
4: Ain't I a stinker? I'm very sneaky.
3: Be sneaky. Uh, so the rest of the crew, Alika and the fam,
0: uh, make their way across the city, uh, and you had. Eastward into a district that isn't as populated right now. Uh, and as you cross in, there's a somewhat uh, menacing sign that uh, says, like, welcome to Julep District. Uh, and Alika leads you all uh, past uh deep, fairly deep and It's really, you know, the fog makes it a lot scarier than it would probably normally be. But it's getting dark and it's foggy. And they have, like, this raven motif in this just district. It's, it's got some spook levels. Uh, but after about five minutes, uh, you get led to a kind of quiet corner nearish the rim where there is this house. Uh, and there is one little, house, little light coming from the one window you can see. There is no roof on this house. It has collapsed or been removed at some point. And you can see greenery growing on the inside. Uh, and standing outside the house is... Tiny staunchly standing in front of the door, refusing to let Ro in until the (laughs) others get here.
3: (laughs) Oh,
1: you just sort of hear, like, I I think I'm still a wolf until the others arrive, at least. So you just hear, like, wolf conversation. (laughs) I'm like trying to weasel around Tiny a little bit, (laughs) but like playfully.
5: Malika, have you been training yeah. Tiny while you've been walking her?
3: This was all her. Oh,
4: okay. <laughs> uh, is there something in the house? Uh,
3: well,
0: Tiny, at this point, why don't we? And um, Tiny steps aside. And, Rao, do you want to open the door? Head right inside? Oh, you're worried about poison traps again.
1: I s- s- swirl back up into Rofar. I'm like, I'm not scared! And I just open the door.
0: <laughs> the door uh, moves on what looked like to be restored hinges. And as you open it up, you can see there's a small little campfire set, it was effectively this odd little contained forest biome. Now obviously, there's, there's no full-size trees, but there's a lot of little forestry and moss and ivy that springs around, but it's odd. It's in, it looks outside of the roof being missing. The house looks fairly normal on the outside. Inside is this little retreat.
3: Oh, this is so neat you,
1: Tiny, did you make this somehow? Did you learn things?
0: Uh, Tiny runs around the campfire twice and then flops down on some moss to show her belly again. And he goes, "Tiny and I found it while we were walking, and I helped Tiny, you know, fix up the lock on the door and uh, prepare it for today. But no one's claiming this house. I can, I can uh, assure that I checked. It's a place you can
6: have as your own little hangout."
1: Ah, uh, this is so we had a uh, this kind of moss was just like in my forest and then we had the ivy was like the one that was in our den and rose just sort of really excited to see this much nature in the city combined in one place that's not the plants they've uh cultivated within their own room which is not near to this extent um because i'm picturing practically like a terrarium inside like a house right mm-hmm. like yeah
0: that's pretty accurate that's a pretty um, apt description
1: yeah so um, I was like, Alika, you you helped set this up. Thank you so much." I go and give her another big hug. Uh,
0: oh, this is, this one's all tiny. This is we 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 talked. This was
1: okay. I go over to Tiny and just like plop down with her, and it's like like dog child like wrestling, like giving her hugs. I'm just like, "You're the best, Tiny."
3: <laughs> and Rose just very excited.
2: Just. The doctor just turns to Alina and goes, "Can you talk to animals?" No, know we you just get a sense for each other. Or, it, or are you just really good at reading? Okay. Oh, well,
0: we had two gifts, and one of the he leans into the doctor. We had two gifts, and one of them was a forest inside a house, and the other one was graphic novels. I think it kind of made sense to break it this way. <laughs>
4: <laughs> thank, thank you, Alika. This this
3: is thank you, Tiny.
1: Incredible. Of thank you. <laughs> it's all for rub. It's very sweet. Yeah. It's like when the gift tags say from Santa. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Anytime I sign
4: Christmas presents from my dogs to people.
3: Yeah. <laughs> those are the
0: good presents, right?
4: Yeah. Oh, the best presents. The best presents come from animals.
0: Big cute. What does the rest of the little birthday night it's quite it's getting quite late in game. What does the rest of the birthday night look like? I mean
5: do we wanna stay and hang out in the camp area or go back to the house? I
1: uh, don't know. Ro <laughs> <laughs> um I think Ro is very excited about uh being in this forest area. Um and we are in the the Juliet district? Yep. Or did we just pass through yeah,
3: there? You're in it.
1: Um, okay, so I think at some point, um, after Rose sort of, like, gone around, uh, they might have, like, pointed out some neat plants that they think the doctor would like, and be like, I don't know if this one is healy or not, but I would eat it, and I would feel better when I was feeling sick, and this one is tasty, and that one makes you feel sick, so you don't want to eat that one. <laughs> and, uh... Actually,
2: that one, uh, that makes you feel sick, if you dry that, and then you mix it together with something else, it is actually very good for you. But you have to actually, you know, counteract the bad.
1: Okay. Um, alright. And I grab some and stick it in the drying pouch you gave me. <laughs> I'm like, I'll figure it out.
0: Didn't you, sediment?
1: Um, and at some point, uh, I'll sort of come and sit down next to the fire with everyone and be like, um, I don't know if we could do it tonight, but, um, I had to find something weird in the city earlier that I don't think is too far, maybe? It might be kind of far. I don't know how to get there again, necessarily, this
3: different way. But, um... Well, um, I've been thinking a lot um, since the, the big fight a few weeks ago when
1: um, that meanie-butt face said to be careful under the city 'Cause I didn't know there was like under the city. Um, but I talked to you know, some of my friends, you know, like the the mice and the rats in the city, and they told me there's this whole thing of like pipes and tunnels and tubes underground. Um, that go lots of places. So I started looking around there, and then this morning I found
3: this weird place, but it it was I don't know, it was different.
4: Different how, right? Yeah.
3: Um well,
1: I came and there was like this big door thingy and when I turned back from being a mouse to go and open it, uh there is this big like clanky sound. And uh this thing came out from um like a hole in the wall next to it and it kinda it kinda looks like the thingies that the other meanie butt had, the like robot y things, but they weren't the same. They had like this glowy thing in the middle. Um I thought it was gonna, like, fight at me, so I started to turn back into a wolf. But then there was this, I don't know, this bright, like, blue light, and it was really warm, like when you're in the sun for a minute.
3: And then the he stopped coming to me, and it went back to the wall. Barris is looking between Falwyn and Alika,
5: very pointedly.
3: As is the doctor. I-
6: <laughs> everyone just turns to alika like what the fuck <laughs> well,
0: uh, well, how do we get down there
1: uh well i went through the sewer things and i don't know if a full person can fit it was pretty tiny even for me sometimes
0: Uh okay so then do you know where you were underneath
1: um not like exactly but when i came back up i know i passed through um the place
3: that has, like, a bunch of rocks sticking up out of it? Cemetery.
5: And that is somewhere we haven't tried yet.
3: Sure. We passed it on the way here. Well, uh,
0: not, to, not to comment on the Baron's style, but hiding a vault entrance in the- a catacombs entrance in the cemetery would be very his... practice.
1: I didn't see any cats down there.
6: genuine laugh (laughs) same (laughs) (laughs) Um, no rope catacombs is just the name for the the, the The, the place the, the building there yeah
1: is it a fancy name because it looks like a fancier tunnels than the ones I was in yeah they're
5: sort of old fancy
6: tunnels Okay. yeah on a scale of zero to fancy I'd call it fancy that sounds like something we can get up to tomorrow.
0: Looks at Ferris. Looks at Doctor. Uh,
5: yeah, yeah, yeah. So f- that sounds like a good the idea. The first yeah. lead we've had since the last one, so worth checking
6: out. Oh. So it's decided. Tomorrow catacombs.
1: Catacombs.
6: Yeah. Regardless, I, I was not going to go and walk into a cemetery in the night. That would just be <gasps> foolish. Everyone knows bad things happen in we'll cemeteries the first during the night. Time.
4: All of a sudden, you're scared. Shh.
6: Well, it depends on what you're going to do. If you can do it during the day, then do it during the day. Just saying.
4: Yeah, if you're not a coward.
6: Oh.
2: <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, do you need me oh. to make you confident again? I can do that. I mean... Mm. <laughs> Everyone's like, no.
5: Confidence, Zake. <laughs> <egg>. Confidence, Zake <laughs> was no a tomorrow. bit of a liability. Well. <laughs>
6: yeah and it is your birthday row so birthday. technically it's still up for you to decide if you want to go today perhaps we can go and s- scope the place out if not we'll just go home have a rest decompress and then sleep and go up to yeah. you
3: i mean i don't know if people think it would be better tomorrow um
1: i know it's dark and i can help us see in the dark a bit but if daytime is easier we can we can wait because I still don't really know how to find a way down there. for. Sure. Yeah, whatever yeah. it is, it can wait until tomorrow. Of course.
6: You still have a bunch of presents to figure out a bit more, right? At yeah, home? Oh,
4: yeah. Uh, yeah. All right. You can play with your presents and we can have a nice rest. Let's enjoy the rest of your birthday, Ro.
1: Okay.
3: It's decided then. Home. Home. Home.
1: You've been listening to No Initiative Play Quest the Soaring City. Quest the Soaring City is an actual play production by No Initiative, hosted live on Twitch by Chromatic Chimera on Mondays at 6.30pm Eastern. Our game is guided by Nat or at Crime on Twitter. Dr. Falwyn the Doctor is played by Robert Allen or at Voices of Robert on Twitter. Ferris Munir the Invoker is played by Izza or at Evil Clever Dog on Twitter and YouTube. Lena Elliot the Spy is played by Megan Cross or at at Megan Lynn ftw on Twitter Starfall the Naturalist is played by SamwiseGameG or at the TheSamWisest on Twitter. Zake Sarkar the Charmblade is played by Nunu or at JNunuTex on Twitter. The Soaring City uses the quest system published by the Adventure Guild. If you want to try playing the quest RPG with your own pack, go to adventure.game store and use code NOINITIATIVE, one word, all caps, for 10% off your purchase. Follow us on Twitter at NoInitiativeTV for updates, art, and memes. The Soaring City theme song is by Ryan, aka Sim, or at the Simulacri on Twitter. All other music used is by Adrian Von Ziegler. Podcast editing is by Samwise GameGee. Thank you to Chromatic Chimera for hosting our live actual play shows on their Twitch. Check back next Wednesday for another adventure in Valerith with Quest the Soaring City.